Welcome to the Joy Revolution Podcast, where you'll stop letting the chaos of adulting fuck with your joy of living. Because can we all agree that adulting is a lot? All the responsibilities, obligations, chores, all the things you gotta do so that you can look like you've got it all together. But that's only half the story. What about how your life feels on your insides? How come no one ever taught you about that? I'm Elizabeth Wallace, a certified integrative life coach here to school you on the essential skills of working with your internal world, your emotions, your nervous system, your bodily sensations, and your thoughts so that you can close the gap between a life that looks good on paper and a life that actually feels good to you on your insides. Let's dig in. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 10 of the Joy Revolution podcast. Can you believe it? Oh, I am so jazzed about today's episode because we are going to talk about one of the most misunderstood sticking points that most mothers, most women, most humans (laughs) deal with in their adult lives, and that is boundaries. Why are we focusing on boundaries? Well, we live in an amazing world, but a world where there are a zillion things vying for your energy and attention. And we as moms particularly have a lot tugging at our time and attention. And in order to not feel overburdened, overwhelmed, burned out and completely exhausted, we have to get a little intentional about where we place our time and our energy so that we spend it on the things that we want to spend it on, right? And that does take intentional choice because we are constantly being bombarded with information, asks, requests, um, invitations, right? And it's our boundaries that help create the space in which we live our lives. It can be really challenging to hold boundaries as an adult human in general, because your time and energy and intention is intricately intertwined with your children and their needs and their obligations and their desires. Right? Because they cannot go and drive themselves to a friend's house. They cannot make their own food right, until they get a little bit older. That being said, all of those obligations, your kids, your family as a whole, your own, can feel like you are being yanked this way and that way, bombarded with invitations and obligations and to-do list things, right? And it can feel pretty disempowering. I think one of the most surprising things, the one of the most surprising and challenging transitions in becoming a mom is your time is not wholly your own anymore. And yet, you still can be far more empowered than you probably currently already are. Far more empowered in terms of how you spend your time, your energy, your attention than you feel right now. I think a lot of the times we fall into 
this victim mindset or this like I don't have a choice mindset and that feels really shitty because we all want to be empowered and leading our own lives but often in motherhood that seems to be taken away. So I'm going to offer you a perspective shift around boundaries that will help you hold them in a really empowered way. Before I do so, I want you to take a moment and think about how you think of or what you feel about boundaries right now. If I were to say to you, you need to hold better boundaries, you need to have boundaries, what kind of a connotation do you ascribe to the word, the idea, the concept of boundaries? What's the vibe? Now, I have asked this question to many, 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 many people. And the way that they have described it, and you can see if this matches with your experience, is they describe it as they are pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing against a wall, trying to hold back the deluge of requests and asks and to-do list items that are closing in on them. And boundaries feel like a rejection, like, no, 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 I am not doing that. No, I have to hold this boundary. No. It has a certain uh, fiery, pushy energy. And of course, that makes sense when a boundary is created from a reactionary place, from an activated place of, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Right? Then it is coming from a place of high nervous system activation, high emotional activation, and those activated states are meant to be short-lived. So when you make boundaries as a strong like reaction, and it's a pushing away sense, they're harder to hold over the long term because that reactive energy burns out, it flames out which is why you might hold a boundary for a short period of time, but then noticing it slide as that more fiery emotion, that no, we're not doing that, um, energy dissipates. Instead, I offer you this. Boundaries that are seeded from a sense of desire are far more sustainable than those seated in repulsion. When you think about the energy of desire of, ooh, I want that, I want that, that has a much more sustainable energy about it than, ooh, I do not want that. Right? That is much more short-lived. So when building boundaries for your life, yeah, they might start with repulsion, but over the long term, in order to hold boundaries, they have to be seated in desire. An example of this would be, it might feel really good to say, you know what? No, we are not going to another family party this weekend for that time, right? But how how good does it feel for you to be like, I mean, we are not going because they take too much of our time and energy and we are not giving them our energy. 
How does that feel versus, you know what? We are not going to go to that party because we really want to spend time as a nuclear family going to the beach and giving our one and a half year old a new experience together. Right? Can you feel the difference in energy behind the reasoning? Because I'm going to give it to you straight. Boundaries mean nothing if you're only focused on what you're keeping out. They mean a whole darn lot more when you remember what you're protecting, whether that be your time, your sanity, your space, energy, your emotions, your mental wellness, your bodily wellness, your joy, your autonomy, your values, etc. The thing is, most people focus on what they're keeping out, what they're saying no to, who they're saying no to, rather than what they are then inherently saying yes to. This is the perspective shift, the mindset shift that will change everything for you around boundaries. And I'm going to give it to you in an analogy. I want you to think about it this way. Imagine you have a garden You plant some luscious veggies and some gorgeous flowers. And very naturally, the deer and the bunnies and the other little animals want some of your garden. Why wouldn't they? But you want to protect your garden. So you build a fence to keep those animals out. Right now, imagine that the years go by and you stop planting anything in your garden. Well, you might then suppose that you'd stop maintaining your fence, your boundary. You forget about it. You think, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Because you've stopped actively cultivating the things you want to protect. And when that happens, nature takes over, right? Maybe your yard gets completely overrun by wildlife. Or your calendar gets completely overrun by things that you said yes to because you weren't actively and intentionally carving out the space and time to do the things that you want to do with yourself and with your family. And when you start to think about boundaries, not as arms outstretched, pushing things away, but arms in a loving hug, holding and protecting and loving on the things you want to pay attention to, Boundaries take on a whole different flavor and become not only easier to hold, but a pleasure to hold. Now, here's a sneaky thing about boundaries. Typically, we only think about them as what do we say yes or no to in terms of like, are we going to show up to the party or are we going to say no to the party, right? But there are actually three components of boundaries. The first is your physical energy, boundaries around how you physically spend your time, how you treat your body, what you say yes to, who you spend time with, and what you put in your body. The second is your mental energy, boundaries around what you spend your time thinking about. You could say, I am not going to the party, but then ruminate over whether that person will be mad at you and how this will affect your friendship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, 
for the whole rest of the day. Right? So maybe you do not physically go to the party, but your brain is there. And then the third is your emotional energy. Right? And boundaries about who or what dictates your emotions besides you. Because you could say no to attending that party, but still cross the boundary by feeling guilty all day long. Right, so we want to remember that anything that we are protecting, we want to protect across these three different levels. So taking this example of someone invites you to a party, but you would really rather go to the beach to introduce your son to the ocean for the first time. Okay, so right off the bat, number one, check. You have a seed of desire. I'm not just saying no to this to keep it out. There is something that I desire that is driving me, that I am protecting. Okay, so you say no to the the party, right? That takes care of your physical energy. You are not physically going. Now, here's where most people end. But you now know that you can become aware of your mental energy and your emotional energy to ensure that it doesn't spend time over there at the party when you want to be fully present with your family at the beach. Now, one of the common hang-ups for people holding boundaries and saying no is that they feel like a bad guy. They feel like a bitch saying no to things. And I want to draw you back to the garden analogy to help show you that holding boundaries is not a harsh, mean thing to do. So think about your garden, right, and the fence that you build around it. You build that fence because you want to see your garden grow. You want to tend your garden. You are protecting your garden. You are not building this fence because you're like, fuck off, bunnies and deer. I hate you. Get off the face of this earth. No, you're like, oh, no, this has nothing to do with you, bunnies and deer. This is not a personal affront to you living creatures. No, I am just protecting what I am holding dear in the walls of my garden, right? Within this fence, within this boundary. So again, When you make this switch from thinking about boundaries as this harsh thing that you're pushing people out with and instead think about it as a loving hug around the things that you are protecting, they become softer and more loving versus harsh and mean. Okay, And that is not to say that holding boundaries isn't going to bring up emotions within you. That would only be natural, especially as you are just beginning to and learning how to hold boundaries. And so I just want to make a note here and say that paying attention to those emotions and comforting them is incredibly important. To say to yourself, ooh, this feels really uncomfortable. I am not used to this. And reminding yourself like, I'm okay. This is uncomfortable because it's new. What do I need to remember? How do I need to comfort myself around these emotions so that I can continue to experiment and try on this newfangled thing of holding boundaries in my life? Anything new is going to be a little bit uncomfortable. 
right? But the emotions that arise, that discomfort doesn't always mean you need to change course. You might just need to give that discomfort a little acknowledgement and give yourself a little bit of love and comfort through that. Because there are three steps to holding a boundary, right? Three things need to happen. Number one, you need to actively cultivate the things that you want to hold dear, aka what are you planting in your garden? Two, remember that boundaries are like a loving hug around those things, aka your fence. And then work with the emotions that arise from holding your boundaries. So now I'm going to open this podcast up a little bit for you to do some of your own thinking and feeling around boundaries. And as you transition into turning inward, just take a full breath in through your nose and a smooth breath out, expelling all your air. And another breath in. And a doubly long exhale out. All right, let's get planting. At this time, in this moment, whenever you are listening to this podcast, what is it that you want to protect, preserve, and cultivate in your life? What goes inside your garden that you are willing to build a fence around? And some examples might be your time with family, moving your body, your values, space for you to think and be alone, time with your friends. What do you want to protect, preserve, and cultivate in your life right now. Use this as a launching off point to think about what it is that you are planting and cultivating right now. But I want you to take what has bubbled up thus far and ask yourself, Okay, let's look at what boundaries actually might be like, right? What boundaries are necessary for you to protect what you're growing right now? See what comes up across physical, mental, and emotional boundaries, What boundaries are necessary for you to protect what you are growing and cultivating right now? All right, and now it is one thing to imagine a boundary. It is another to do what's necessary to construct it. Right? It's the difference between saying, a fence would be so helpful to keep the deer out, and ordering the lumber, getting your tools, putting the fence together, and painting it to your liking. 
right? It's also the difference between saying, I really need to get out my calendar and just write everything down to just see what I've already committed to, to create more space. So what are the steps you need to take to construct your boundary? This can look like conversations you need to have, organizing your calendar differently, placing rules or limits on screen time, redirecting your mind, learning to work through emotions. What are the steps that you need to take to construct your boundary? And finally, let's talk about maintaining your fence. Because even the most well-constructed fences can get worn down. It can get a little old. But if you maintain it, they hold strong. So what might get in your way of holding boundaries? What might weather them or wear them down? And what might you remind yourself of when that happens? How would you know that your boundary was getting a little bit flimsy? Or if a hole was appearing? How would you know? What would you be feeling? What would you be thinking? And what do you want to remind yourself when that happens? You can come back to these questions over and over and over again. And I hope you will. Because while I want your boundaries to hold strong, what you are protecting might change should change, very likely will change over time at different phases of your life. And thus, what your boundary is constructed of might look different. So come back to these questions anytime you feel a little bit like everything is coming at you at once and you're helter-skelter all over the place and everything is just happening to you. This set of questions, this way of thinking of organizing and protecting your mental, emotional, and physical energy is a beautiful place to start and is much, much more sustainable in the long run. Now, I do want to touch on other people's gardens. This is actually something that one of my clients in my group program talked about. I I actually went through this boundaries exercise with them very recently. And she was like, Well, one of the things that I'm cultivating in my own garden is not looking over the fence at other people's gardens. And if their gardens are, you know, not doing so well, not going over and taking responsibility for their garden. And I was like, oh my God, that is so freaking genius. It's such a great extrapolation of this analogy because doesn't this make so much sense? If you spend all your time looking over the fence, spying on, peering at your neighbor's garden, how much time are you spending tending to your own, watering it 
and fertilizing it and maybe singing to it. I don't know, right? And imagine also that you are just simply peering over the fence. You're not talking to your neighbor about like, hey, what are you growing in your garden? How's it going? You know, how are you dealing with the drought, et cetera, et cetera, right? You are just simply judging from behind your own fence. How, A, good does that feel? Not very good. And B, how full of a picture do you get just by peering over the fence? Right? This is what we do so much on social media, social media, especially as moms, right? peering over the fence of our phones into other people's carefully curated lives where we don't see the whole thing and we aren't getting the whole context. And it makes us feel like shit, right? So anytime you start to feel that peering phenomenon, that peering sensation, a good question to ask yourself is, hey, what am I growing in my garden? What am I tending to in my garden? What, I'm, what am I excited about? What am I growing? And then there's the question of, okay, so your neighbor's garden is struggling, right? We, especially as mothers, often tend to have the urge to want to go over and be like, I will take care of your garden. I've got it. You go inside, put your feet up. I've got this. But what happens when you do that? Right? You're toiling away under the hot sun and you are watering and fertilizing and taking care of any pests, etc. in their garden. What's happening in yours? Right? It too needs watering and fertilizing. Right? But when untended, it shrivels up and dies. Let's be honest. So, but instead, you could go over and be like, oh, hey, How's your garden doing? And they're like, oh, we have these like really lush looking tomato plants, but there are these little bugs all over them. Instead of you going in and being like, I will take on your tomato plant. I've got this. You could say, oh, well, have you tried spraying it with XYZ thing? I don't know what you spray on a tomato plant, but you catch my gist, right? You offer them a tool and they can decide whether to employ that tool or not. It is not your responsibility to revive it from the dead or to take care of the pests that are surrounding it. Okay, so this is a little bit about boundaries, why they are important, how you can think about them, and what they are comprised of in hopes that you take this information, take these questions, and begin to actively cultivate a life that you love. Spending your mental, emotional, and physical energy on things of your choosing rather than letting life happen to you. There is a lot of inertia. There's a lot of pull. There's just a lot out there in the world. And so without this intentionality, yes, of course you're going to be pulled in a lot of different directions. But you have the power to decide what goes in your garden what you want to grow in your garden at this point in time. And only you have the power to construct and build your boundaries in the name of protecting the things that you love. (music) 
Thank you so much for listening. My hope is that every single one of these episodes brings you closer to a life that feels better to you on your insides. And if you're looking for more, you can find tons of tools and tips, ideas, and perspectives on my Instagram at Elizabeth the Joy Coach. And if you're curious about working together personally, you can find out more info about that on my website, which is linked in the show notes. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening so that more people can join the joy revolution and get out from underneath the heaviness of adulting.